1 Corinthians chapter 2, and uh, if you would stand with me when you find it in verse 9. Let's read verse 9 together as a church, and then I'll read verse 10. Verse 9, all together, ready? But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Notice that last phrase. We, we don't want to, uh, we, we like to claim that the whole uh, verse except for the last phrase. Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. You're going to follow me. You know, that's what love is. Love is an, an action. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. We have not received, uh, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Amen. And as we walk in the spirit of God, and not in our own flesh and in the world anymore, you will begin to see uh, things you could never dream of, things that have never even entered into your mind, things that your eye has never seen. But you got to make sure you keep the great commandment of all, which is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. With all you got, don't let the love stop. Amen. Love is in the air. Amen. amen. And we need, it needs to be in our hearts for the Lord. Uh, let's open in prayer. Father, we, we come to you right now. Help us, Lord. We, we naturally do not love you. It's not natural for us. Uh, we naturally want to love the world. We naturally want to love the things that are, our flesh craves and, and so forth. But Lord, you saved us, and now we have no longer the spirit of this world. We have the spirit of Christ, which is now in us, which can help guide us and direct us. And uh, Lord, as we walk in that spirit now, the new spirit, the spirit uh, that is in us, the Holy Spirit of God, Father, he can light our way into all the truths of Scripture, and give us power and grace, the power that rose up Christ from the dead, Lord, now dwelleth in us to raise us up from where we are at right now, and to get us moving for you, and to walk in newness of life. I pray, O oh God, please richly indwell us with the Spirit of Christ, and dwell our hearts and minds deeply, and remove from us any hatred in our hearts, and uh, Lord, the things that separate us between our walk with you, Lord. I pray now you be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him. The eye, uh, we need to have an eye, eyes of love, amen? Eyes of love uh, for the Lord. Where you're seeing, how you see, how you view, uh, where, where you're walking, where, wherever you look, that's where you go. What catches your eye, that's what's in your heart. What's captivating you, that's what you're seeking after. And of course, we give excuses um, why maybe we do certain things, but the reality is what you do is, is, uh, is, what, is what's in your heart. Amen? And as uh, Jesus told Judas, the Bible says that Satan had entered into, the, into his heart, and he put in Judas's heart to betray Christ. Uh, Satan did that, and Jesus said, listen, whatever's in your heart, just go ahead and do it. 
can't change. It doesn't matter, Judas, it doesn't matter that you're here because you're not here. The devil has already taken your heart away from me. So whatever's in your heart, go ahead and do it. Go ahead, Judas, you're already gone. You're already gone. And some of us sometimes are here, but we're not here because the devil has already taken our hearts away from the Lord. You could be even with your spouse, but you're not there. Your eyes after someone else or something else. Our, our love is not pure. It's defiled because we are defiled ourselves. But God's love is pure. Amen? God's love is unconditional. God's love is rich towards us. And it's constant. It's always there. We are people. You say, I don't, I don't need love. Of course you do. We all need love. We are creatures of love. Uh, I mean, even my, my, I have a dog, Winston. Uh, he's a character, I'll tell you that. And, uh, but even he needs love. He comes, I mean, I, I love my dog to death. I spoil him. I don't spoil him. My wife just walked in. I, I uh, very firm with him. <laughs> I'll give you some family secrets. So when Jesse, when she walks upstairs, Winston, he looks, and as she's going up the steps, he hops up on the couch with me. But when he hears her coming back down, he hops back off. Amen? I don't say anything, because that's, that's between him and her. I, I don't interfere with that. But any opportunity he gets to get closer to me, he, he will. He'll, he'll crawl underneath my legs. He'll rub up against me real tight. And he just craves my affection, craves my touch, craves my love. That's all he wants. And, of course, treats and such, but uh, whatever he can get from me. But, but that's all he wants. I, I, can, I, can, I, th I think I can even beat the dog, and he'll still love me. I can neglect him, and he'll still love me. I don't know why. He just has this love for me. You know, and uh, even, even the animals crave their master's love. And us as people, we don't know what we want in life. We, get, we obtain, and we get what we're seeking after. And it, we find no joy. We find no contentment in it. We want something more and something else right away, too. And the more we have in this world, the more, the more empty we are and the less we feel like a value we are. You can obtain all the riches. You, don't look far. Look at how, how the Hollywood stars and, and, the, and the rich, they, they kill themselves. They, they, they've obtained everything in man's eyes and obtained a statue, stature that uh, we, would, we all would like to obtain. But when you're there, it's the most emptiest feeling. They would take their own life. We all crave love, but without the love of God in our lives, we would be all men most miserable. We would be a miserable people. God's love is there. You say, well, uh, there's people who don't believe in God. G God still loves them, and God's love is there for them. Even when we were without God, even when we were without uh, strength in due time, the Bible says Christ died for the ungodly. Amen. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were, didn't care about the Lord, he still loves us. We got to remember who we are. We, we came from nothing. All of us did. All of us. Uh, we were without Christ, which is the definition of hell. See, I've lived hell on earth. No, you've never lived without Christ truly because he's always been there. But hell is the def definition of hell. It's a literal place. I'm not taking that away. 
The Bible says where the fire is not quenched, where the worm dieth not, it's a place of sufferings and torments with an S at the end, the Bible says. Torments of an eternal place of judgment forever and ever and ever. A physical, literal place called hell, just as there's a literal place called heaven. But the true punishment forever and ever is a place without God. And we don't know that because even when we ran from God or even when we were without God in our life, God was still there. Amen? But God will not be there in hell with them. It's an eternal place of judgment without God. I have not seen. That means you've never could see it before. It, it, it's never really existed in your life, nor your ear heard, neither did it entered into your heart what God hath prepared for you if you love him. That's a one-on-one special verse for you. You can say, you know what, my life is not that great. I know it could be better. What's the, how do I get started? How can I, Pastor, how can I do something with my life? How, 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 how can one uh, not waste their life on this earth? Love God. Amen. Love him. Love him. You can, you, can, uh, and you can get the riches of this world and be the most emptiest person. Love God. Love Christ with all your heart. And he will take care of the rest. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's building you a place in heaven right now. Gold is on the streets up there. Gates of pearl. All the valuable things are just wood, hay, and stubble to the Lord. We are more valued to him. He watches every sparrow fall from the sky, he says. Aren't we better than a sparrow? We are created in the image of God. And what love has he for us? I want to take you to a strong passage of Scripture found in 2 Peter. And I want this one phrase to stick in your minds today, as it has in mine, in the book of 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 14. Let this phrase stick in all of our minds today. The Bible says, having eyes full of adultery. We need to have eyes full of love for the Lord. But God says, we can have eyes full of adultery. Adulterer is one who allows someone or something else to enter into the marriage covenant. That's adultery. Whether it be small or great, Jesus said, even if a man lusts after a woman, in his heart he hath committed adultery. Why? Because that has entered into the marriage covenant. And we can have eyes full of it, that sin. And especially, the Lord always equates between him and us as the bride. We allow anything to enter into the marriage between us and Christ 
is adultery. What we seek after, what's in our hearts today, if it comes between the love of you and the Savior, it's adultery. And that spiritual adultery, that's sin. Sin is spiritual. But it can infest, take root, and then, of course, interpolate to physical relationship with others. Because if the relationship with us and the Lord is not right, certainly the relationship between each other is not going to be right. How can we say we love God and hate our brother? If we hate someone, we certainly can't love the Lord because Christ died for that person. When our love is right with, between us and the Savior, it's going to be right with everybody, even down to our enemies. And it feels good not to have an enemy. It feels good to have that peace in our heart, knowing that I'm clean, I'm free. You may have ill against me, but I got nothing against you. Do what you will, because as long as my relationship between me and the Savior is all right, that's all that matters. And he will make sure it's right between everybody else down here. He even said, if, he, if you want to bring a gift to the Lord, but you have something between you and your brother, leave the gift. Go make it right with your brother, then come back and give God. God still wants a gift, amen? God, God says, give your sacrifice to the Lord after you make it right with your brother or sister in Christ. Having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin. Once uh, that sin gets into your heart, you can't stop. It takes over. Sin is a powerful force. Yet it took the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ to defeat on the cross. And, and brother, sister, you cannot defeat it. You cannot handle it. I cannot handle it. It took the word of God to drive away Satan from the Lord Jesus Christ. And it takes the blood of Christ to wash away all of our sin. And we can come boldly to the throne of grace and be clean. If you have sin in your heart today, cry out to Christ, Lord, forgive me for my sin. You could do it right now in your pew. You can do it right now as I'm preaching. You can just close your eyes for a minute and say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. What uh, the preacher is speaking right now is, is pointing to my heart, and that's me. That's me. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Take the sin of adultery. It's, I have too much coming in between me and you, and I don't want it there any longer. Bring me closer. Bring me nigh to the cross of Jesus. And I want that love burning brighter each and day for my Savior. You don't want to live in hell on this earth without God. You need Christ. We're going to take uh, time to look in the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter 1. Hosea is a very beautiful book. As God calls you, as God leads you, he's going to finding things to help you relate to him. In marriage, the Bible says, whosoever findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. God uses uh, marriage as an example to help us identify uh, our relationship with Christ. You say, well, I'm single. Oh, there's many ways 
Paul, but the, the Apostle Paul said, it's better that you are single. And you can serve God freely. You can do more for the Lord because you're not tied down. It's better to remain unmarried than to be married, the Bible says. But if you have to marry, marry. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing, the Bible says. But if you're single today, you are free to serve the Lord even further. My wife had to, uh, she was getting ready and she seen my shirt. She had to iron my shirt. She wasn't free. She said, I, gotta, I can't just iron my clothes. I got to iron my husband's clothes too. It, there's always something that you have to do. You know, I was making a cup of coffee the one time, and I said, I got to make a cup of coffee for my wife. We'll bring them together, amen? It, there's, now there's, it takes two, and there's a little tie-down. It's a good tie-down. It's good to share a cup of coffee with, amen? It's good to iron two shirts together, amen? Or whatever the case may be. But if you're unmarried, hey, it's you and the Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm with you. I can serve you freely. There's some seeking marriage. Hey, you're free till you're married. What, free to live in the world and sin and party? No, you're free to walk with the Lord till the day you get married. And when you do get married, you're going to walk together with your spouse with the Lord. Amen. But enjoy who you are now, where you're at now with the Lord. The Lord will lead you and guide you. Eyes full of love. We need eyes of love. The prophet Hosea, a man of God. In Hosea chapter 1, let's read verse 1. The word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Barry, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. You see, God had set up prophets in the days of the kings to uh, preach the word of God. That's all the prophets did was preach the word of God. You had the Levitical priesthood established through Moses uh, that, that uh, gave the law of Moses, amen, to the children of Israel. But then you always have prophets. Prophets of God, they just preached the word. That's all they did. They preached the word. The priesthood, they went over the, the, the covenants and sacrifices and, and all the routine rituals uh, that represented, amen, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. But the prophets preached the word of God. And God used the prophets of God throughout the lineage of the kings and for the people to preach the word of God. The Bible says the law and the prophets were until John the Baptist, amen? And John the Baptist proclaimed the Lord Jesus Christ. The beginning of the word, verse 2, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. This is not Hosea's words. You say, man wrote this book. Man did not write this book. Amen? This is signed by Jesus Christ. It's a big love letter. To mankind, love your Savior. Amen? And the Lord said to Hosea, go, Take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom departing from the Lord. Now this is, you know, you go back 30 years ago, this is not some strong words, but today this is some strong words. Uh, people have a hard time um, hearing this today, but it's good to hear this. It's good to hear um, where our heart is today. Hosea, God told Hosea the prophet, I want you to find a wife. I want you to go down Kensington Avenue, and I want you to go uh, pick a lady that does not have a good reputation. She is very rough around the edges, and I want you to go, go get her. And I want you to take her for you as a wife. 
And Hosea, he's thinking, now this is uh, out of scripture. Hosea's thinking, God, I can't do that. I set apart my life for you. Why would I go just pick some strange woman? If I'm going to get married, I want a wife that has a heart for you, that wants to serve you and me together. Side by side serving Christ. I can't choose a woman like this. God said, go. I want you to go. Take a wife of whoredoms. For the land hath committed great whoredoms. Notice his last phrase, departing from the Lord. God has raised up Hosea right now because God's been carrying his burden and he wants someone to share it with. You ever feel heavy sometimes? Could it be that God of heaven is trying to put a burden on you? because he's burdened himself and he wants you to carry the cross with him. Could it be that he's trying to wake you up in the middle of the night? I couldn't sleep last night. Maybe, maybe he wants you to pray. Maybe there's some suffering going on in heaven and the gates of hell are shaking the foundations. He wants you to pray. Stay up and pray as he told his disciples. Maybe he, he's trying to prompt you to shut the TV off and read the scriptures. Because Satan's on his way to attack. And God's trying to share the burden with you. And here, God's people are departing from the Lord. And a preface of the book of Hosea is about this woman. And about a people who were once, once belonged to God and are departing from the Lord. In verse 3, so he went and took Gomer the daughter of Diblium, which conceived and bare him a son. And God said, I want you to take this woman of whoredoms and I'm going to have you have children with her. I'm going to give you fruit, Hosea. Verse 4, God gave him Jezreel. For yet a little while, Jezreel uh, means, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. God's judgment is coming. That's what Jezreel is. God's judgment is coming. The judgment of God will one day fall. And Israel, the nation of Israel, uh, was split right here. But you had the nation of Israel and then the nation of Judah. Judah representing the lineage up to Christ. Amen. But Israel representing a people that God had designated on this earth for himself. Although lost or saved, it, it didn't matter. Just God said a physical people that he chose. But Judah was separate always from the lineage of David up to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. God preserved that bloodline because it represented always the Lord Jesus Christ. But it rep Israel represented a people, whether they turned to idolatry, whether they rejected God totally, whether they sacrificed their children to the world, to sin, to, to, to idols and worshiped Baal. God still would remain with them and send prophets their way and, and, and have mercy on them. Even in a time of, of uh, their captivity, when Babylon came, God still had mercy within judgment. And that's what Jezreel means. Israel, a people that I have chosen, not Judah, Israel, Israel, judgment is coming. Verse 6, God gave them a daughter, 
Laruhamah. For I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel. Mercy. I thought the mercy of God endureth forever. Oh, it does. But there will come a day when judgment falls and that mercy is not seen. That judgment will overshadow that mercy and all you will see and know is judgment. In verse 9, God gave them Laomi, for ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. As God is sending warning, and this is warning after warning after warning after warning. It's not like, oh, you do wrong, and a slap on the hand, and oh, you do wrong, judgment is coming. God will, in his mercy, repeat the warnings by the prophets over and over and over and over and over again. Looking back in my life, I've seen God's warnings. And we got to take heed. I think of Samson, and it gets me scared. Samson was a strong man, right? Really strong man. Girls, he was a handsome man. Very handsome. I mean, this guy could pick up cars and carry them away. With you in it. That will be a Valentine's present. His big muscular arm around the door, and you don't even have to drive. He just, just takes you away. But one day, Samson fell. His strength remained. His strength remained. He got up and he, he uh, pulled the bars off, the Bible says, and so forth. And the next time, Delilah uh, tied him up with something else. And she said, uh, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee. And his strength came, and it was there again. But eventually, the last time, they plucked out his eyes, and they shaved his head, and he, had not, he didn't have that strength anymore. Eventually, listen, eventually the more you play around with God and with sin, eventually you're going to wake up. And it was just that one too many. You allow it to remain. God's going to send warning after warning after warning after warning. But you keep, you keep on pressing, you keep on pushing. Eventually it's going to be one too many. And the judgment of God will overshadow his mercy. Right now his mercy is overshadowing that judgment. But judgment, God is a judging God. And that, when that judgment falls, you will not see mercy. You will not see his love. You're going to see a judging God. And you say, why is this happening to me? Oh, God. God is still merciful. God is still loving. But he's also judging God. God gave these children to Hosea to represent this. Let's go to chapter 2. In verse 5, the Bible says, For their mother hath played the harlot. She hath conceived them, had done shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers that give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, mine oil and my drink. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up the way with thorns and make a wall, and she shall find her paths. She shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them. She shall seek them, but shall not find them. Remember, this was a burden to Hosea because God's people had departed from him. Hosea, I'm going to have you marry this girl this prostitute. 
I'm going to allow you to have a family with her. This is not a woman you fell in love with, neither does she love you, but you're married. And as God's people departed from him, Hosea, this woman, Gomer, she's going to depart from you. And she's going to go out back into the world, back from what you found her from. She's going to leave the place you provided. She's going to leave the safety of your home, the provisions, and she's going to go from you. This girl, Gomer, she's going to go, departing from you. And she's going to start seeking her lovers again and going out. But this time it's going to be much more emptier. She shall not overtake them. She's going to seek them, but not overtake them. She shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then shall she say, looks in verse 7, I will go and return to my first husband. For then was it better with me than now. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to Hosea. For she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil, multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. God is saying the children of Israel were out in the world. They went back from God. God, God took them. You see, God is equating to us as Gomer. We were playing around in the world. We were the sinners. We were without the Lord. But God sought us and found us while we were on the avenue, while we were uh, just living our own life, living in sin and pleasures. But God took us to himself, a one that is holy, one that is righteous, one that is just, that does not, we don't deserve him. But God took us for the wife and took us into his home and gave us his spirit and provided for us and protected us. And then after he did all that, uh, and gave us fruit in our own, own home to be established and live a life that is pleasing to the Lord and gifted us with grace and love and righteousness. Then we left our husband and went back into the world. And even when we were dotting about in our business and our lust in the world, he was there. And as we thought our lovers of the world were providing for us, and we didn't need our husband anymore. Jose, I don't need you anymore. I, don't, I never needed you. I, I was fine without you and t- before you found me, and I'll be fine now. And the Bible says that while they were in the world, although she thought the lovers were providing for her, it was God all along. She did not know, verse 8, that I was the one giving her the corn that I was the one giving her the wine, that I was the one giving her the, mul- the oil and multiplied her silver and her gold, even though they even prepared it for Baal. You see, even when we were deep into the world and left the Lord, God has still been good to us. He still provided for us. Even when the money was still full of sin and the riches were uh, tainted with the lust of our hands and our heart, it was still God that was good to us through that time. The Bible says the goodness of God leadeth us to repentance. You see, it's all about the heart. If our heart is seeking after this world, we're not going to see God, even though he was right there. You say, where's God in all this? He's right there. We just don't see him. Where's God when I needed him? He's right there. We just don't see him. Where's God when, when, when I was in trouble? He's right there. We just don't see him. It's our heart. Because when we love God, the Holy Spirit of God will help us 
He'll open our eyes and help us see the things which God hath prepared for us. She did not know that I gave her. Verse 9, therefore will I return and take away my corn in the time thereof. The moment when God takes all that away, we think somebody else is looking out for us. Watch God when he takes his hand off us for a moment. For a moment. It's not just because you're saved now that God looks after you. He was looking out for you when you were lost in sin. Gomer, what did you have to do for a husband to have a husband like Hosea? He found me. He found me. Sometimes we think that we have to act in church or portray to be some Christian for Jesus to love us and accept us. What do we have to do to have a husband like Jesus Christ? He found me when I was on Kensington Avenue, walking the streets, no good, filthy, and I'm still the same person now but I have a great husband who loves me. I have a great person who loves me, and he will always love me. If he loved me then, I know he'll love me now. The Bible says, verse 12, and I will destroy her vines and the fig trees, wherever she has said, these are my rewards that my lovers have given me, and I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. Go down to 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. God says, I'm going to take and destroy all that she gained from the world that reminds her of the world. And I'm going to allure her unto myself again. I'm going to bring her in with my goodness. I'm going to draw her into myself with my love. That's what allure means. I'm going to set entrapments. Just as the devil sets entrapments and we take the bait and our life's destroyed, Jesus said, I'm going to set traps for you to bring you back. And when I got you, I'm going to love you. When I got you, I'm going to provide for you. When I got you, I'm going to protect you. When I got you, I'm going to be there for you. And I will give her vineyards from dents and the valley of Acre for a door of hope. And she shall sing there. God's going to give you a new song. The Valley of Acre is with Achan when, when he, and if you want to read that in Joshua. Oh, we have a loving God. God has been good to us. God has been loving to us. And we all need love. All of us do. And we all desire to love someone back. And we can get all in, in the ins and outs of all that. But there's only one person that has proven his love. And that will always love you, despite of who you are. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's our job to love him back. And we can all do that. Just as Gomer had an opportunity to get out from where she was at, to finally have a husband to settle down, to love her. You see, love, lust will take you 
and drive you and leave you in a desert place. But love, you'll have someone right there holding your hand when you're sick. You'll have someone right there through the good times and through the bad. You'll have someone right there when nobody else isn't. Why? Because they love you. And Jesus the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Just as we were in the wilderness, and he brought us back in with his goodness. Just as he found us, he remembers who we are. We don't have to act to the Lord. He knew when he found us what he saw. Just as Hosea, when he found Gomer, he saw Gomer. And Gomer ran off him from him again. Departing, as the Bible says, departing from the Lord. She took off, left her kids behind, and took off after her lovers again. And Gomer said, kids, I'll be back. I got to go find your mom. And she took, he took off and found her. Found her in the place where he first found her. And he said, Gomer, is that you? Gomer, did you want to come back to a place, to your family, to a home, place of safety, protection? You're not out here in the dark streets with men abusing you and hurting you in this world. Gomer. Verse 7 says, I will go and return to my first husband. She said, Hosea, I want to come back, but I can't. I'm too dirty now. I'm too unclean. I messed up too many times. Hosea said, you're still the same Gomer. When I first found you, you're no different. Just as I found you, I took you in. And I'll take you in again. And that's what God does for all of us. Just as he found us while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And he'll take us back again. And he's shown Hosea here the burden. And Hosea's whole life was based on this burden of love that God, what God has to put up with each and every one of us. In the book of Hosea, we're Gomer. In the book of Hosea, Hosea, is the Lord Jesus Christ in representation here. Thank God we have someone like that. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, help us all, I pray, as we bow our heads now to realize the love of Christ which passeth knowledge and nothing shall be able to separate it, us from it. Help us to realize that it's not about what we have to offer you. It's not about who we are. Lord, you came to find us. You came and got us. And there's times where we ran off on you and left everything behind and turned our heart away from you and turned it back to, the, to our lovers in this world. But you sought us out, and you were there all along. And I pray, oh God, 
that you would have mercy on us. Take us back. Don't let your judgment fall. May your long-suffering endure longer. May your mercy endure longer. And may your forgiveness be there to meet us the second when we return. I pray, O oh Lord, as we lift our eyes to you, help us to love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Lord, that you may show us what we really have in Christ Jesus. We don't have to prove anything. You already loved us. You found us. You took us with you. I pray, oh Lord, that we will stay. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand. The greatest thing that we can ever do is just love the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you come down to the altar and say, Lord, help me to love you more? Would you come down to the altar and say, Lord, I love you. I just want to love you. I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing, Lord. I just want to love you. You are the one who's great here. There's times where we want to leave. We need to remember that Jesus found us. We got to remember when Gomer, she, she went out there. She was tempted. But that's when she realized how great she had it back with the Lord Jesus Christ in the house of God. She said, I'll, I will go and return from whence I came, back to my first husband. I will go back. You say, will your first husband ever take you back? He always will, always will. That's the power of the love of God. He always will take you back. Don't forget how good it is to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. When something tries to take your eyes away from him, don't let it. Don't have eyes full of adultery. We need eyes of love for the Savior. Keep loving Jesus. That's all. That's it. It's not hard. Don't make it complicated. Love. When there's love in a relationship, real love, it works. That's it. Just keep the love. And enjoy it. Enjoy being a Christian. Enjoy walking with Jesus. Enjoy it. Lord in heaven, thank you for loving us enough to take us back. Thank you for loving us enough to take us at all. We're not worthy. I pray, O oh Lord, 
help us open our eyes to see how great you are. Help us to love you more. Keep our hearts and minds on Christ Jesus. I pray, oh God, that you'll bless us this week. Put a special blessing on everybody here as we leave this place and even drive home. Wherever we go, I pray, oh Lord, may the love of Christ be burning in our hearts. And may all we do have a purpose to do it with you. Help us, Lord, not to let our life pass us by any longer. But may we live our days fuller for the Lord. Give us uh, fullness of days. Give us purpose each and every day as we walk with the King of Kings. We thank you for loving us the way you have. I pray you bless us now on this beautiful Sunday. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray these things. All God's people said, amen. 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 God bless you. Lord, we'll see you Wednesday night prayer service. Thank you.